chapter further revealed. What is going on, everyone? We are at episode 40, milestone episode, and we are excited for this one. Next week, episode 41, we're going to go live doing giveaways, so you guys better be there on YouTube. But uh, yeah, we're going to get right into some some good stuff. How's everyone doing? Doing great. You already know, episode 40 of this, looking a lot more forward to this than whenever it's time for my 40th birthday. So I'm I'm just <laughs> pumped right now. How many years till that? 13. Oh, okay. So starting the countdown. Oh, spooky number 13. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what we got on tap tonight, Ben? Yeah, I think we talked about it last week. So we're going to do some deep dives into some quarterback play. Uh, I think we've all recognized there's been some, you know, down quarterback play this year in general, just offenses not clicking like they usually are. And we kind of just want to do a little deeper dive into, uh, you know, past years and see just kind of, maybe analyze a little what's going on uh, in the NFL with, uh, you know, they want to, they want more passing, they want more offense, but it's not, it's kind of backfiring a bit this year. Yeah, of course. With that, we'll touch on the NFL too. Uh, maybe swing through the Aaron Noah signing. That was huge. And um, you know, anything else that comes to our minds, it's kind of a free ball and show. And we're excited, obviously a lot to unpack with the NFL though. So we'll start there. Week 11 started off on Thursday night, Ravens, Bengals. And I don't know if we want to get right into the Ravens rant with Chase just to start off how week 11's been so far. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, big divisional win for you guys and a little uh, little help there. Um, I saw our friend uh, Matt was at the game too. My cousin Sarah oh. was also at the game, although running nice. Bengals. But uh, <laughs> oh, but. Yeah, that was a tough one for the Bengals fans, but a big win for the Ravens regardless and puts them in a good spot uh, moving forward. Yeah, they asserted themselves in the division. They needed a win against the Bengals, so they sweep that series, thankfully, although they now have to deal with the the losses to the Bengals, I mean to the Browns and the Steelers, but it was a big win. We talked last week about how Odell Beckham needed to get some volume and he was going to pop off, and that's exactly what happened. He got targeted a lot. And went off, didn't get a touchdown, however, though, ending his streak. But I'll still take the fact that he went off in that game, uh, especially now that we lost Mark Andrews for the year. That's a pretty big loss, especially for the offense. And Isaiah Likely, who's been the number two tight end, hasn't really asserted himself at any point in games this season. I'm, I feel like that's a fact of he hasn't been schemed up a lot, but he has a lot of shoe to fill in the Ravens offense now that he's the number one tight end. So moving forward, obviously, it's a big it's a big win, but also a big loss at the same time. And I'd almost rather have lost that game and kept Mark Andrews for the rest of the year just because he's a big focal point. Now teams are really going to be able to to have one less person to scheme up against, which is in a tough position to be in, especially heading towards the bones of their schedule. Other than that, it was a good win. It sucks for the Bengals, though, because now that they lost Joe Burrow and the Browns have lost to Sean Watson. So in a week, two of the division teams have lost their starting quarterbacks, which has been Lamar's M.O. So hopefully, knock on wood, that we aren't in the same boat for the last three seasons where he's been out for the last second half of the year. So good for them. They have the bye week coming up, too. Uh, It's one of the latest bye weeks in the NFL all the way back there. And they played in London and didn't take the bye week after, which teams had the option to do and they deferred it to later so in hindsight it was probably a good move to keep the momentum going 
and now you get that rest later in the season when you really need it. So overall, great win for the Ravens. Hopefully we can stay healthy for the rest of the year. Really keep it to them. Our win total is high. So for John Harbaugh, his job is secured once again, fortunately <laughs> and unfortunately for me, but I'll take it. Yeah, that's tough to be 11 games in and finally have their bye week. Um, I'm sure players are very excited for that. You got to be so sore. <laughs> yeah, do you, I mean, probably didn't really have much of a factor with Andrews. I'm still on the train with the NFL should do what every other sport does and have like the all-star break. They could have everyone. I mean, I know week 11 is not – week 12 is going to be the Ravens' bye, but like I don't know, week 10, week 11 – just have every team take their bye then for the most – I mean, every other sport does the all-star break midway through. That's just my opinion, though. You probably don't – that probably didn't have anything to do with the Mark Andrews injury, though, just him being, like, gassed. I mean, it was more of how he got tackled on the play. So, not like that had anything to do with it. But, yeah, Chase, it's crazy. AFC North, probably a huge surprise this year. We, I mean, we were through – over halfway through the season, every team was over 500, every team a chance to legitimately make the playoffs. And all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson goes down and Burrow goes down. And I wanted to ask, is do you guys think the Joe Burrow thing was sketchy? I mean, they showed the clip of him walking into the facility with, with already an issue with his wrist. Nothing. Like, I heard nothing about it all week. And then just on a normal pass – out for the season like seems a little sus i think the nfl's investigating right yeah yeah it definitely seemed odd that his hand was the size of a balloon after he threw the football and he was wearing a guard on it previous to that i think it's definitely a little bit sketchy for them you know not reporting it but you can see why however on the flip side terrell suggs formerly of the baltimore ravens used to fake injuries a lot just so he would think that the team – just so he would put it in the opposing team's head that he was compromised when, in fact, he wouldn't be. He would even go as far to wear a brace on his shoulder, and his shoulder wouldn't even be hurt. And he would talk all week about how he hurt his shoulder, literally play up an entirely fake injury just to play the game that way so people would try to target at him. <laughs> so you have two of the complete polar opposite situations. Obviously, for the Bengals, it was trying to hide something, and – Hopefully it wouldn't have been an issue, but obviously his throwing hand, it's going to be hard to deal with. And any little type of small injury, falling backward, banging his hand off a helmet, getting it jammed was going to obviously compromise it. So it's tough to see. I like playing teams at full strength just to see what they got. And it sucked because it really took the Bengals out. Now for the rest of the year, I mean, they could lose every single game. And I don't think anyone would be so totally surprised by that. I mean, their defense still is hard. They're really good, but that's a tough ask for Jake Browning to step in and do what Burrow's been able to do. I mean, granted, the rest of the team is for the most part healthy and they have weapons galore, but that's a tough task. Yeah. And that's with Burrow. I mean, he's he was rookie in 2020. This is his what fifth year now. And this is his second season ending injury. I think I saw he's been hit more times than luck was in his first five years. And um, just offensive line not protecting him, and I mean, when he's on the field, he's a great quarterback. But uh, it's been it's been tough for him. Uh, I, they picked up a piece or two in the off season to kind of help solidify that line, but it uh, you know he's still been. I mean, the first couple games of the year they looked awful, then they kind of get into a groove, and now he's he got hurt again, and 
Um, to your point, Ryan, I don't know. You know, there was like some rumors going around, like NFL, like they there were could there have been a cover up as far as betting purposes? Like people didn't want them to know with that because all the money was already like Ravens. And I thought it was yes, funny yes, though that uh, Dave Portnoy had put like 120k on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl like the week before. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Not mad about that. Oh, and I was just to say the Bengals offensive line. Typically, I feel like when teams are building, they spend a lot of resources on offensive line, and the Bengals kind of back themselves into getting a quarterback and not having a great offensive line. So they've been trying to piece it together, and it's just not been good. The results that they've gotten, uh, Lyle Collins has been in and out for them. They tried to shore up left tackle with Orlando Brown Jr. He's been somewhat up and down too, and. Yeah. They just the fact they haven't tried to go get high end talent for the offensive line seems like a big mistake, especially now that your quarterback's out for the year. So, for the Bengals, obviously, their to do list should revolve solely around an offensive line. Yeah. Well, and to think about the division they're in, I mean, with the Steelers, you know, Ravens and Browns, like those, all those defensive lines are fierce and probably some of the best in the NFL. It's what the division's yeah, based on. Yeah, that's off literally of, like those that yeah. 13 to 10 Brown Steelers game. Like that's what a lot of times you're gonna get in that division. Yeah, <laughs> so, you're yeah. seven, you're you the box, basically. Your four yeah. linemen, your three linebackers. I mean, yeah. Like when you got like Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, like even like yeah. Roquan Smith, like those guys, you're you gotta you're gonna need some some serious help up front to protect your quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and they've just put what seems like minimal, I'm sure a Bengals fan would like to debate me on that, but just from the outside, I, I would be annoyed that they haven't spent more time. It's like with the Ravens and a wide receiver. I was just banging my head against the table until they went out this past year and did a lot for that. So, you know, I feel like the Bengals fans, maybe that's their biggest gripe. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Yeah, and I just saw with the Ravens, Chase, I didn't realize Roquan Smith, how many, like, total tackles he had this year. I know he's oh, yeah. not first, but he's just been raking – with like tackles i feel yeah, like he had 22 against the browns i'm pretty sure combined but still 22 yeah yeah he's second and i feel like he was doing that on the bears too like oh yeah dude's just a monster oh my gosh him and patrick queen is your two inside linebackers or is just yeah. and then you got geno stone leading the league in interceptions who had one yeah. like combined I know <laughs> a seventh round pick somebody who should be an afterthought in the starting lineup doing the work stuff you don't yeah. hear about I mean getting the pieces you need is a lot easier said than done especially from us on the outside and I want to pivot to the Jets because QB right I mean they have all the pieces this is the Aaron Rodgers year it obviously doesn't work out and I mean I just I don't know, Ben. You picked the Jets' money line. Their defense came out. You know, they gave up a turnover on the opening kickoff. Oh, yeah. And just three and out field goal. Fumbled the opening kickoff. Yeah, but then they held the defense came out. You know, Quentin Williams is a monster. I, I love his energy and his fire. And, I mean, you have a stout defense. I like Salah. I think he's a good coach. I like Salah. You're, you're one and two running backs easily – I know Dalvin Cook's not having the best year, but I put them two against almost anyone else in the league. 
I mean, defenses are stacking the box against the Jets, which I don't blame them. I mean, there's no reason to not stack the box. <laughs> no, but I mean, it just it just here we go. Like I know we've talked about it every week. Zach Wilson finally Salah gets to his breaking point and benches him for not just benched. He moved to the third. String. Yeah, now, but in game, um, yeah, Boyle he's, he's third string quarterback now. Yeah, he's not I even mean, backup. They moved him down to third. It's Dang. just I I don't know. You just you're watching the game, you're watching his reads, and it's tough. I mean, he could be a Geno Smith, and in six, seven, you know, not even six, seven, but three, four years on the bench, just learning and just really, truly developing as a player. But right now, he's lost out there, and it's just it's just crazy. Like, oh, easier said than done. Let's get some QB depth. That way, if we have – some issue. I mean, they had to know Aaron Rodgers is 39. Like you have to know there's a little bit of sketchiness, especially playing on that sketchy turf field all the time. But I mean, they probably thought worst case is we give Zach Wilson another shot. I don't think they thought it was going to be this early when they had to give him another shot. But even the even the games that they won, it wasn't really yeah, Zach Wilson had some good drives, but it wasn't really Zach Wilson playing amazing. But now you have Tim Boyle as a starter, Simeon as the backup, and then Wilson oh as the third string quarterback. Oh. It's now the one through three. So four four the Jets are four and six. Rumors playing Miami out. Friday, which is such a stupid time for a dumb dumbest three thing o'clock on a Friday. No, I'm, what is the NFL I'm not watching it. I'm sorry, Ben. I'm, That's ridiculous. I don't I don't I'm gonna probably be at work still. I'm gonna be traveling. I'm literally <laughs> gonna be driving from one hour to another. Or maybe at Kohl's, some Black Friday shopping. So but no, I is their season over? Four and six chance. I mean, they just chance they all just get, it all seemed like they gave up. I mean, even Garrett Wilson had a really bad fumble. Um, it just it seemed like a lot of the team was just giving up last game. Are so, they? Is their season over? It's gonna be hard. I not mean, yet. Okay, not yet. Just say not yet. You I'm not gonna say know. it's over because I don't want to root for it to be over. But it's it's not. They have some ga- winnable games coming up. Like they play the Falcons, they get to play the Commanders, they get to play the Patriots. Those are winnable games. Um, but they have to play the Dolphins twice. That's not great. Browns are a winnable game, but I don't know. I don't. I could see them going eight and nine. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. The I mean, Raiders. You know, they bench Jimmy G. They win the next two games. I know they're not anything spectacular, but they also fire their head coach. They did also fire their head coach. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's It was a crazy week for sure. And just – It seems like so much to ask just to have the Jets get in the playoffs. Like, it's it's been 12 years – 13 years? 12 or 13 years since the Jets even made the playoffs. Just made the playoffs. I'm not even asking for a, a playoff win. Just to see a Jets playoff football game seems like a ridiculous amount to ask. So – no, I'm I mean not. if Rodgers can come back, do you want him to come? like say they say they're 500, say they even out their record, and it's, it's like I, they're seven and seven, yeah, eight and eight. Even there's one game left in the regular season. They're eight and eight. Rodgers can come back, and they and can it's a get win in your in card. Yeah, it's a win in your in situation. I mean, you play the Patriots, so I would. I don't know. Even if he's like 70 percent healthy. It depends where they are because their last three games, they play the Commanders, Browns, and Patriots. If they can get to a place before those last three games where they have a chance, then maybe. But I also would – Rodgers is going to come back healthy, full steam ahead next year. I'd ra- I'd also – I feel like I'd rather just have him do that. 
just save it, get the yeah. draft pick, and I'd rather just have him be fully healthy next year. Everyone kind of regroup, know that <laughs> Rogers is, you know, maybe get another backup that's not Zach Wilson, <laughs> just because it, it's a crazy NFL season. I think one of the craziest. And I feel like we should just break. I think we should just go right into the QB talk because it's just, you got one more thing. Real then? quick before we go into QB talk, I want to just mention Khalil Mack again. He had another two sacks up to 11 on the year. Now he's only two behind the sacks leader. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Is Miles Garrett not the sack? Or is he the sack leader? Outside. Did he have a big game last game? So, isn't oh, he I thought 13? it was uh, Daniil Hunter. Maybe it's not. That's what I thought it was, but unless he had a. I don't know. I didn't update last game. I know last night. Oh, yeah, Garrett. He must have had a big game. So, Hunter, Garrett is at 13. Hunter's at 12. TJ Watts at 11 and a half. And Cleo Max at 11. So, dang. Cleo Max having a resurgent year. I love to see it. And Daniil Hunter, I looked up his stats. Dude, that guy just does his thing. And I feel like no one ever talks about him. He's still no. like 29. I've never, I've yeah. never heard about him before I watched that game last night. And oh, he has a, he's had a couple bad injuries but otherwise he's a beast when he's on the field that 83 career sacks and he's 29 and he just he like every year besides the like two he has like 11 12 13 14 sacks yeah and he was super young when he got into the league he was like one of the youngest guys in in his draft class yeah no i didn't realize that and cleo mack so he's i mean he's up to 95 and a half now i think he's you know, he's getting towards that Hall of Fame threshold. I think he's going to get there. Do you think he gets 100 by the end of the year? How many is he at? He needs what? He needs a, a 15 and a half sack year. So he needs four and a half more. He could. That six sack game really helped him out. Yeah, it did. That really jump started stuff. I mean, that'd be a, that'd be a career high for him. What is really? He's never had more than 15. Whoa. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, he's had some really like he's had some years where he had like 12 and a half, but then he also had like seven forced fumbles. And <laughs> the Chargers are going to make a push. They're going to need him to probably. The Chargers might be done. Fire their coach. Anyway, we can get back to quarterback. Just want to touch on Cleo Mack because we've been talking about him a little bit. No, I mean, I don't even want to like, I'm trying to just think about the matchups we've seen this year. And it's just the, the QBs all over the place. I mean, that DTR now in the Browns, Browning on the Bengals, Sam Howell, Taylor Heineke, Riddler. I mean, I just, I'm sure I'm missing Josh Dobbs has been yeah, left. Your boy. Right. <laughs> it's not Tommy DeVito. Boy. Tommy DeVito, like, what in the world is going on? And injuries or no injuries? Because I know, obviously, there's plenty of quarterback injuries this year, probably more so than recent past. But overall, we keep saying that we just think, in general, the QB play is down. I mean, I feel like Mahomes isn't even having like a, a Mahomes year, right? And it's crazy. It's crazy. And I we we can get into it right now, so... So here we go. You already know, is today's QB yesterday's QB? I like it. So we're going to start. Basically, what we're going to do here is we're going to kind of compare some QB seasons, and we're going to go with 2002 first, 2012, 2022, and then kind of look at this year, kind of where we are compared to last year. So we haven't looked at any of these kind of stats ahead of time, and we're just going to kind of analyze it right on the spot. Yeah, the biggest thing is, I mean, you think of sports today, 
players are more athletic. Players have more of an IQ, faster, stronger, can have the best food, work eth- workout ethic, you know, ways to stay healthy. Combine that with like the last 2000 and up. QB play, passing, you know, penalties to help the offense, this, that, and the other thing. There should be no signs pointing to, especially when the NFL wants the QBs to shine, more so than anything, anyone else, any team, any – they want QBs, they want yards, they want C.J. Stroud 500 yards every game by everybody. For some reason, it feels like it's not leaning that way, and I don't know if it's just this year, if it's – if it's the last couple, if defenses are playing better, if it just happens to be unlucky injuries, but we're about to dive in and break it down right now. Here we go. All right, 2002. This is backyard so, football territory. Yeah. So leading the league in passing yards is Mr. Rich Gannon. So just quickly go down. Just listen, give me like the first eight, Ben. Give us the first eight. Do you want to do passing yards or should we do QBR? That's fine, yeah. Passing yards is fine. All right. Well, passing yards, we got Rich Gannon, Drew Bledsoe, Peyton Manning, Kerry Collins, Dante Culpepper, Tom Brady, Trent Green, and Brett Favre. Okay. And then what's like your next four? You're right outside of elite. Brad Johnson with one of the best TD to pick ratios. Steve McNair's down there. Is that when they won the Super Bowl, by the way? Brad Johnson and the Bucks, 2002? Yes. Hmm. That was the year with Warren Sapp. That went off. All the touchdown and interceptions are like really close together. Yeah. Pretty low. The top only 28 touchdowns, the most in the league. And just Brady feels like pretty low. Yeah. Okay. So I will say, so looking at the 2002 year, I mean, we just picked a random year, right? But I, I'll read them again. You know, Tom Brady, obviously notable. Aaron Brooks, Brett Favre is a big one. Peyton Manning's a big one. Rich Gannon was pretty consistent, I feel like. But I don't know, different guys, Drew Bledsoe, Kerry Collins, Dante, Dante Culpepper, a lot of names, a lot of a lot of great quarterback play, but nothing outstanding. So I feel like this doesn't really help help our case to to really see that. Dante but, Culpepper went 18 for 23 in touchdowns and interceptions. <laughs> and he's known probably as like one of the best in that time area, time era, right? Probably. Yeah, maybe for like I feel like it was a big like thrower. So yeah. I feel like it's kind of not surprising. I mean, even Breeze, 17 touchdowns, 16 picks. Yeah. All so right. nothing, nothing crazy that's popping out that like, oh, here's the guys they can't be touched. Oh, and the God. yard, like I feel like a good year for yards was like three, like thirty five hundred and above. Yeah. And then if you got to 4,000, you just had like a ridiculous year. Yeah. Because there's only three, there's four guys right there with only over 4,000. No, I agree. Oh, Rich Gannon was the MVP that year. Classic. <laughs> oh, he was born in Philadelphia. I didn't know that. Okay. So, yeah, nothing crazy. I mean, yeah, Mike Vick's one there. Rich Gannon throwing for 4,600 yards, pretty ridiculous. But all right, let's jump to 2012. All right, here we nothing go. Nothing crazy. Maybe we were too young. Maybe I just don't know the guys well enough. 2012. Already, look at the yards. Look at the difference. Oh, yeah. my goodness. All right. So, yeah, let's just. Yeah, we had. Oh, my. Go so over 4,000. Four. four over 4,000 in 2002. Oh, my word. What do we got? It's like the top 10 are in 4,000. Yep, 11 or 4,000. So, I mean, and this is most 
most people in our age group remember these guys the most. But this is what I'm thinking of. Like when Look I'm the thinking, touchdowns. Just, Whoa, 39 to 8 for Rodgers. So yeah, Drew Brees, 5,000 passing yards, 43 touchdowns. Matt Stafford, almost 5,000 yards. Tony Romo, almost 5,000 yards. Tom Brady, a 34 to 8 TD to pick ratio. You know, Matt Ryan, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers. Only 4,200 yards, but a 39-8 to 8 TD to, to pick ratio is ridiculous. Josh Freeman, Carson Palmer, two guys hanging in there over 4,000. And Matt Schaub, who was fairly relevant for a good bit, especially on some of those Texan teams. And then that didn't even crack the 4,000 yards. Eli Manning, Cam Newton, Joe Flacco, like notable guys. Why Why do they have a picture for Matt Schaub and not like Tony Romo? I'm very confused on that. Or Carlson Palmer. Yeah, I'm very confused on the picture. No also, picture. it's crazy that <laughs> Stafford was second in the league in passing yards, but only had 20 touchdowns. Everyone yeah. else has like over 25. Like, No, that is insane. It's kind of crazy. All of his yards and he had 20 touchdowns. <laughs> But this is like, okay. Look how many times Rodgers was sacked. Dang. Compared to everyone else. Like, Breeze was sacked 26 times and Rodgers 51. Well, there goes Luck. <laughs> 41. It was the most in 2002. We didn't, I didn't see I that. Didn't, I don't even. Oh, I didn't look at that, actually. Yeah. Oh, 54. Oh, my God. So 54. I guess I can. At a 47 piece for Dante Culpepper. Oh, <laughs> oh what the heck? David Carr was sacked 76 times. That's got what the record. Oh my gosh. Derek Carr's brother, David Carr, sacked 76 times. He got sacked for 400 yards in a 16 game season. So I'm trying to do some quick math. He's getting sacked like, was that four times a game? Over four times a game, he's getting sacked. Yeah, Rodgers was the most by 51 in 2012. That's ridiculous. 70 sacks? What? Yeah, I think he was the number one pick or like a top five pick that year too. So I'm pretty sure he was like a rookie. Yep, David Card's the most ever that year. Was 76. 2002, 76. Second is 72, 1986, Cunningham. And then oh. third is 2005, David Carr with 68. No wonder his career didn't last long. <laughs> I know. He's just getting blasted back there. It's an insane amount of sacks. He got two of the top three all time of sacks. That's like four years worth for most of these other guys. Jeez, in, poor guy. In two yeah. seasons. But like, look, I'm okay. I'm just looking at this 2012 oh, yeah. list more. And there's guys that I haven't even named yet Philip Rivers, Russell Wilson. I mean, RG3 with the 20 TDs to five pick ratio, Ben Roethlisberger. So now we're up to, I think I've listed 16 quarterbacks. So we're talking half the league now where at least six to seven are future Hall of Famers, um, Super Bowl champions left and right, consistent football. They played for the same team for a good chunk of their career. They were, you know, a starter Winning football games, getting them to the playoffs. I mean, Rivers never won anything, but they they had some good Chargers teams and they made the playoffs a lot. I mean, Matt Ryan, another one. This is just what I'm talking about. So this is 2012. This is over 10 years ago. And half the league are guys that basically any anybody from ages 50 to like 10 probably know and have seen them play some because their careers were long, too. Yeah. Also, can we see how many 40 yard plus 
throws they had in both years. All right, so Josh Freeman leading that category. Who did he play for again? For the Buccaneers. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I mean, look at even Josh Freeman over 4,000 yards. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> 27 yeah. to 17. That's that's a respectable mm-hmm. year. That's a year that gets you paid. 2002, 40 plus. Not a lot. <laughs> no. No. And I know the game was probably 2002. We're probably oh, not wow. fully into passing passing games yet, but I feel like 2012 even, I can, I feel like five, six years ago, you had guys just popping off left and right. But I mean, Drew Brees throwing for over 5,000 yards. We have an extra game this year. I'm assuming, are, are we going to have a 5,000 yard passer this year? I mean, we're going to get there. We're going to be able to look at it, but just That's 16, true. I I listed 16 QBs right there that are sh- like, yeah. have proved them, proven themselves. All right, let's jump let's to 2022. 2022. And just for the so, record, 2012, I was just curious. You won MVP and it was Adrian Peterson. The year yeah. after he tore his ACL, right? Yeah. Oh, that's my the only time I ever won fantasy football. There you go. This was AP. Yep. AP and Arian Foster. I don't know where Aaron Foster is, but. 2022. All right. So this is last year. And I, I think there will be a drop off, but we'll see when we look at the list. Okay. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We got nine over 4,000. Okay. Which, yards. which is, which is less. And then if you just go through those nine, though, like, okay, Mahomes is an obvious one. Herbert. Justin Herbert, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like he's going to be in that 11 to 16 range if we go to the other list. Tom Brady, obvious. Kirk Cousins, another one. He was actually on the 2012 list. I didn't even name him. He's a great regular season quarterback. But, again, so, like, okay, Joe Burrow, I could say, yeah, Jared Goff, Josh Allen, Geno Smith, and Trevor Lawrence. Those are your 4,000 yard guys. I mean, a couple really young ones still. And I don't know. I just not a lot there. So let's go down to the next five or six Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, Tua, Russell Wilson, and Derek Carr. So, okay. Hurts been to the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, that's a big one. Tua, nothing yet. Russell Wilson, Another down year classic. We've looked at two two seasons and two down years for Russ Wilson. I don't know. Just looking at this list that has Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers that 2023 will not have. And I still feel like there's just not a ton there for me, which probably is why we're trending down, especially going into 2023. I don't know. I don't know what you what do you guys think? Yeah. I also just looking at the numbers preliminarily, the touchdown to interceptions are way cleaner. Like there's a lot of guys with single digit interceptions and more touchdowns. Yeah, that's that's true. I think is it fairly comparable to twenty twenty to twenty twelve? I feel like a lot of those guys had like double digit interceptions. More interceptions, more touchdowns. Only Rodgers and Brady had less than had like less than ten, whereas you hear you got Goff, Lawrence, Tua, Brady, Brady. Hurts down here. Only 22 picks, but... Andy Dalton, surprisingly. Andy Dalton. Okay. So... Even Lamar. Again, not a lot. Not the same, like, touchdowns. Yeah, but... Yeah, it just seems like there's more touchdowns than... What a ridiculous year by Mahomes. Like, oh, yeah. 5,000 yards, yeah. Yeah, 41 to 12 touchdown to pick. Like, that's, that's... 
It's crazy. So right What's now up? though, you are you taking this batch or the 2012 batch? Or you think it's pretty similar? I I feel like the 2012 edges them a tad, but but you're right. TD to pick is is pretty clean here. So yeah, like there's less guys with 4,000 yards, but it seems like they're throwing more touchdowns. Yeah. And I mean, look, so Ben pulled up where we like this sack stat, right? So Ben pulled it up, and there's only two players over 50, Russell Wilson, Justin Fields. So, I mean, they're getting sacked left less. They're throwing less picks. There's just the so, game involving is It's hard because looking at those, like we grew up with certain guys, and I mean, you can True. look at the 2012 list, and most of their careers are either towards the end or winding down, and you already know what they are. So, like, Breeze, Hall of Famer, Stafford, probably Hall of Famer, Brady, Hall of Famer, Matt Ryan, Hall of Famer, Manning, Hall of Famer, Rogers, Hall of Famer, Eli, probably Hall of Famer, Flacco, maybe borderline, I don't, I don't know, Roethlisberger, Hall of Famer. Like, all these guys you know are Hall of Famers and, like, greats for their team, whereas now it's – we don't know. Like, I don't think Herbert, unless he gets no. help, is going to be anything, but – and, Lawrence and, might be in five years. He might be considered on that same trajectory too. True, but also there. I mean, the game favors QBs yeah. and offenses now. I mean, more. I like the 2012 one just because that's like that's I'm all always going to be more like if we look at 2012 like baseball like teams and like rosters like I'm I'm gonna love me some Dan Ugla Brandon Phillips like we all do. True, <laughs> true, but I mean, I mean, Mahomes is the obvious one, but yeah. All right, let's jump to this year. Yeah. I mean, I think out of this group, like to me, Lawrence stands out. That, that That's a good one. Um, yeah, he's fair. I think Hurts, just based on the team around him, he's going to continue to be successful. Like the, the Eagles are just such a talented team. I mean, I'm just thinking like Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins, Jerry Goff, Geno yeah. Smith. Like there's just not a lot there for me. I mean, Goff might sell a lot in the tank with Detroit. Uh, yeah, he could prove me wrong. But um, he could be. I agree, Burr. I mean, it's hard to know. Burrow's great, but yeah, I can't stay on the field. All right, let's look at 2020. Okay, so quarterback. So, so far. Are we going to have a 5,000-yard passer this year? I don't know. But right now we got Sam Howell, CJ Stroud, and Tua as the top three. All so, within like. I, I will allow CJ Stroud to be in there because it's still a small sample size, but he's done well so far. Sam Howell, no thank you. Tua could be a system guy. Josh Allen, Jared Goff again. Mm, Purdy could be a system guy. Herbert's there again. Still don't trust him. Purdy is 100% a system guy. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And then so you is Geno Smith. Take, you take away McCaffrey or Debo, he's done. He's but toast. then you, Dak, okay. Mahomes, okay. Lamar, okay. Then you have Geno again, Baker Mayfield, and then Trevor Lawrence, who, like, but even know. even the Jags are what are the Jags eight and three seven and three yeah and 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 Lawrence and, is thrown for yeah eleven <laughs> touchdowns and six picks yeah hold on Sam Howell's already been sacked fifty one times oh he's about to break that record Wait, hold on so Sam Sam Howell already fifty one sacks and we're not even we're about halfway through the season right yeah so we're, yeah we're over halfway we're over so halfway. if you guys don't know two thousand two. David Carr at 76 sacks is the all-time record. Sam Howell is on pre- on pace to break that. 
Yeah. Oh my easily. goodness, he has gotten pummeled fifty-one times. Hopefully not. Hopefully doesn't even get pummeled enough to get himself injured, and he can stay out there and continue yeah. to get pummeled. They were ruined for you, Sam. <laughs> yeah. And Zach Wilson, had you continue to start, maybe you gave a run for that money too. Yeah. Thirty-eight. Yeah, Bryce Young is not going to hold up if that keeps trucking either. We talked about how small he is. But it's just crazy. crazy. I mean, that's this is this year so far and last year. So that's two years. And I, I, I'm on, I'm just looking. Wait, at Tommy DeVito is already like top 10. How many games has he started? He's only been in two, I think. <laughs> so he started two games. It's like 22 times. Jeez. Well, the that's Cowboys so crazy. But yeah, it was just... I can't believe Sam House 51. <laughs> That's <laughs> no insane. That. We didn't think that was like last year was even pretty low. But we we have kind of uh, shit on Russell Wilson a lot. But right now he is leading the league in the touchdown interception ratio at 19 to four yeah. for those Broncos who started off one and five. And now they're five and five beating the uh, Chiefs, Bills and now Vikings. And he's been sacked 32 times. So his offensive line is not helping him. No, no, and they haven't been able to really run the ball with Javante Williams much either. He only has well, one. They touchdown ran it last the, week. <laughs> one touchdown <laughs> on the year. Oh, I wonder when that happened. Actually, if you would have asked me before we looked at the numbers for Josh Allen, I would have said he's probably in the league leaders for sacks against, and he only has fourteen. So yeah. it doesn't even seem that bad. Although no, it seems not. like he's getting wrecked all the time. Yeah, forty it's plus like- yard completions. We got top four: D- Derek Carr, Baker, Brock, and Tua. See, that's not it. Again, I, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have guessed that top four. These the TD to pick ratio today is a lot better. I'm sure penalties in the the way that everything plays helps a lot. I don't know. Just my top four right here. I mean, Carr, Mayfield, Purdy, Tua. There's a chance at least three out of the four end the season under 10 picks, but I, just, I don't care about that. I'm just not believing in them to take them down, win a crucial game in a two-minute drill, and then go to the playoffs and, like, win a road game or something. Yeah. I got to say, I think the interceptions seem to be a little bit trending higher than what they were last year because there's already guys who are already almost at 10, and some guys yeah. who are obviously over 10, but a lot yeah. of eights on here, sixes. So those are guys yeah. who could possibly end up with double digit. Yeah, I mean it's weird. Like it's just weird because you got like the Chiefs and the Eagles and I mean the Cowboys and Dolphins all with like amazing records, but their quarter like quarterback play, like we've talked about, like are not is even, not that great. Same with Trevor games, Lawrence. Like there's some games where they pop off. Yeah, but yet consistent QB play, like. I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I get it. I grew up in 2012. Like, that's what I'm going to remember the most. But is there a chance that was like the best QB era ever? Yeah, I I was going to say we should see pass interference is if they've gone up, obviously, probably. But like what it was in 2012 versus what it was, what it is now. And the biggest thing right now, Chase, the last two years is under throwing balls on purpose. Yeah. That's been huge. Yeah. That's the old Aaron Rodgers move. He used to just get a pass. He would be like third and 10. And he's like, I'm just going to get a 50-yard pass interference right here. He would yeah. just lock one up to Jordy Nelson, and it'd be like a little outside, but he'd get the pass interference call. Yeah, we'll have to look at that. I mean, from the eye test, I feel like there's so many more penalties being called, but I yeah. also I don't I don't have stats to actually back that up. So, well, it'll be interesting to see. 
No, um, but I will the, over the middle is the biggest thing. I know rules changed mid two thousands, but I think it took a while to actually get used to that five to six to seven years. But the just the over the middle passes, how much more of the field QBs have because they know they're not going to get lit yeah. up by Brian Dawkins, Ray Lewis. I mean, even. Fontes perfect, James Harrison. No guys, <laughs> have, no guys who have murder charges against them for people over the middle. But I mean, you know, I mean, I know, th- and those are all penalties, but that's just how guys played still. Like, I mean, even Brady talked about how he would try never to put the ball where his, where his wide receiver would get lit up. And nowadays it's like, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen some guys like throw some, not even back shoulder throws and they would get lit up. You know, players are sometimes afraid to go all out. And real quick, as we're wrapping up some of this quarterback talk, I just want to – so we just talked about 2023, obviously, through week 11, um, excluding Hurts and Mahomes, who haven't played yet. But let's just quickly look at 2022 and kind of what the quarterbacks were doing through week 11 also. And so this is this is last year through week 11, kind of just looking at – where some of these guys were at. So Damn, Justin Fields had 40 sacks last year at this point. Says <laughs> <laughs> it those sacks that because He's it at? kills your offense. That's why I'm like, I'm so surprised that literally Sam Howell has 3,000 yards, but he's been sacked 51 times. So like think of how many more yards he would have if he got sacked yeah. 30 times. I mean, Fields is at 26 this year, and how many games did he miss? How many games was he out for? Four. Yeah, right. three or four. So, but I mean, you had obviously Mahomes with 28 to seven, just over, you know, over 3000. Um, you also, I mean, last year, same time, only one guy over 3000 yards at the same point this year. I don't know if anyone would have predicted it would be Sam Howell, but. No. And there's an extra game now. We There's a chance we don't have a 5,000 yard passer this year. And there's literally an extra game. Yeah. Mahomes already had 28 touchdowns by this point. I mean, he finished the year with 40, but. No, I mean, every, I mean, so this year, the 2022 and 2023 aren't that different. I mean, 2022, they finished out strong. So maybe 2023 will surprise me. I just, I don't know. The last couple of years, even with the rules and the talent and the points, it just seems like the QBs haven't been, haven't been as stellar. Yeah. A lot more. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think like Chase said, I think the picks are, are up. That's true. Picks are up this year compared to last year. I mean, the yeah. rates got a lot better touchdown interception ratios here for I mean, look at Hertz, 15 and three at this point last year. <laughs> There's a handful of guys with yeah. under sub five. 18 and three. Yeah, a bunch that are under five, actually, like five or below. Derek Carr, Hertz, Gino, Tua. Jimmy G. <laughs> Jimmy G's known for picks. Tom Brady. Yeah, Marcus Mariota's up there at number nine with a thirteen and seven touchdown. Oh, yeah. Is he is he still backing up somewhere? Yeah, he's on yeah. The oh, yeah. See, that's like no, I'm not gonna go back to the Jets, but like if the Jets had met Marcus Mariota, I'd love he would at least give do something for the offense. Something. Yeah. If every team has that depth they want, and you don't know why they don't fill it. And for the Jets, it's QB depth. Yeah. I mean, if they were the team that traded for Josh Jobs at the outset of the preseason, they'd be in a pretty good spot right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the Josh Dobbs love is real in the league. <laughs> no, but you know what? It's just like 
just like the way Geno Smith was last year. Like he just got into a good system, had two really good, reliable running uh, wide receivers, just an offense where he doesn't have to do it. Like, it's like with Purdy, it's like, just get the ball to these guys. Like you don't have to do anything crazy with it. It's not like he's going out there slinging it all over the place. Like if Geno Smith has 25 attempts in a game, that's like probably pretty high for him. And anything over is just they were down and had to throw. Yeah, like Teddy Bridgewater on the lines right now. I'd take him in a heartbeat as a plug-in guy. Teddy Bridgewater picture. Good Lord. Oh, I feel yeah. like they did him a little dirty on that one. <laughs> Was that the only one he has right now? Yeah. <laughs> well, that has buns. He must have pissed someone <laughs> off at Pro Football you know, Reference. I feel like there's definitely some better pictures they could have had him. <laughs> Damn. You gotta make this a real. This just looks like they did them really dirty on this. I mean, come on. You gotta make this a real. Right? Yeah. Also, I didn't know his nickname was Teddy Two Gloves. I've never heard that. <laughs> no one calls him that. Teddy Two Gloves. If he didn't blow his leg out, what was his trajectory in Minnesota? I he wasn't that far in, I feel like. All right, so he had two years under his belt before he did, before it happened, and he that was that was a fun one. Just kind of diving into that, we don't really have necessarily an answer, but it's kind of just interesting to. It's it's definitely down, maybe not picks, but the play and the yards the last two years are down for sure, and just just the cause consistency. I mean, there's plenty of four hundred yard games, and then there's plenty of duds. So consistency, yeah. reliability, I did, I think it's down. I feel like this proves it. I mean, 2002 didn't really help me, but 2012 did. So And the game shifted, I would say, more in favor of quarterbacks, too. Yep. Like, it's way easier. Like, I wonder if you took 2002 players and played them now, how different it would be. Yeah. With the yeah, it's like the, it's like the big guys in the modern era talk with the NBA. Yeah. Like, this, the whole thing is, like, shifted. Yep. Yeah, and as we're getting out of starting QBs, let's uh, quickly dive into a starting pitcher. And you guys, Phillies, I mean, big offseason acquisition really early. Got to be exciting. Resign Aaron Nola. Uh, I saw he, like a few other guys, have took some took less money to resign with the Phils uh, early offseason. But how are we feeling? Yeah. So my initial thoughts were I – heard at the beginning of the season that they didn't want to give him over five years so obviously oh you know as you just mentioned he took less money but the can the concession for the phillies was they went up to seven years and it also contains no opt-out clauses or club options which i think is pretty unheard of especially this day and age for baseball contracts that go over five years right now i can't even think of anyone that has a deal that's over five with no opt-outs or no player options for the Phillies, though, you lock up your number two, and it's a guy who's been here, someone you're familiar with. You know we're going to get from Nola. It's been relatively healthy. And, you know, production-wise, you can pretty much say the back of his the back of his baseball card is what you're going to get from him. So it can't be too mad. I don't think the money is the worst ever. It's just the years and what they're going to do when he gets to the end of this contract is interesting to me. Yeah, Chase, I want to ask a question. So – no, like, player options, you know, opt-out things. But that doesn't mean, like – like, I feel like that that doesn't hurt the team, right, because they can always trade them. I mean, I guess if he gets – if he gets hurt and – They're still on the hook for the money, though, unless the other team takes – Yeah, but, like, let's say Nola gets four years into the deal 
gets hurt for two years, he's not going to opt out of that, right? Like he would still be able to get paid all that money. Like either way, like it. Well, there's no opt out clauses. I mean, there's certain. Oh, like the Phillies can't opt out. Neither. I mean, the Phillies are both sides. Yeah. Neither neither side can opt out. Well, so so I'm saying like, it seems like it's a worse for the Philly situation, but Nola is also locked in. So, yeah. I mean, mean, certain certain contracts have um, like injury clauses in there like a team could get paid out if like a team if, yeah, like, if, if they someone, get it insured like yeah like the nationals for example did not get insurance on the strasburg deal so they had to pay every last penny to strasburg for his time because they didn't get they were so cheap and didn't get the insurance yeah and also i don't know how the phillies have been structuring their mega deals so it could be that they have a lot of money up front or they spread it out over a bunch of years so maybe it's not as bad I haven't really I saw, seen it. I saw it was in line um, with like Rodon's annual value. Wheeler, Gusman, Rodon's like maybe like 26, 25, 26 million a year type for every year. Yeah. I mean, I mean you're right. It, there could be like first four years of that. And then they might like, I don't know. That's just yeah. what it's saying. Because I know have... like. I know when the Nationals were unloading the Brinks truck, they spread all of those deals out over like 20 years. Well, yeah, the Nationals are known for backloading. Yeah. And same with the Orioles. Like they're paying Chris Davis, I think, until 2035 or something like yeah. that. Everyone talks like about that. They Bobby. really spread it out. So, I mean, the Phillies could have went that route maybe. And like maybe like you're saying, Ryan, maybe after four years, it gets spread out over like six or something like that. Or yeah, you know, I'd be interesting because I don't even know how Bryce Harper's deal is actually set up or Trey Turner's. I have no idea. Like, I don't know if it's full on just for 10 years or if it's like 15 or 20 years. I haven't ever actually seen anyone be able to bring that up. Yeah, I mean, for me, Nola, I'm excited. I love him. He's Chase. We talked about last year. He was involved with the end of the 2008 Phillies. And now he's going to hopefully be involved in his own World Series team. And that's the biggest thing for me. It's hard to win a World Series, not expecting them to win five out of the next seven years. But Mm -hmm. if they win one, if they win one in the next three, four years, and maybe somehow two in the next five to six, like if they win one in the next four years and Nola, you know, fizzles out, it's a win. To me, oh, yeah. if Nola contributes yeah. to them winning a World Series now, it it's a win. And for me, contracts, I I'm fine with it because it's as simple to me. You sign seven years. I mean, I know he's gonna be 37 when he's done, but nowadays, plenty of pitchers, 38, 39, 40, 41, can still play at a decent level. And Nola doesn't throw anything crazy hard where he's gonna like completely just destroy his arm like Cindergard or maybe some of the other guys do. I'm not saying it's not sketchy because if he has a career ending injury in year two, it's, it's a problem, but it's also kind of cool. Like my biggest hate for the Sixers is how much they rotate. And especially with today's media. And if they win or lose, Oh no, we got to get rid of guys. We got to keep guys. So now you have Harper Turner and Nola who've all been playing with this was Turner's second year. Is this his first this was his first year so like the next five years those three guys you can count on like that's cool to me that's cool i know they're all going to be older and at some point it's going to become like 
the Phillies in 2012-2013 when you're like, oh my gosh, they still have Howard, Utley, and Rollins, and they can't do anything. But if yeah. they win the World Series, they're all going to be loved, and it's all going to be worth it. And I like Nola. He's consistent. He, Like you said, he's like the back of the baseball card. And it's just someone you want to root for. And he he, sh- pro- he proved that he can get past the, the pitch clock hump because of how slow of a pitcher he is. And it just makes me excited, too, because the organization is willing to back these guys. Like, he's been through it all, and they're not just going to throw him to the curb. I, I, I'm not saying it's the best move. I'm just saying it, I like it. And, I, and I'm excited that he's on the team. And just for continuity purposes, it's nice to keep a guy around him. Like you said, they have a new core, and it's exciting. Bryson Stott's probably going to get an extension soon. Whether or not they keep Boehm or not, if they do, then that's just another core guy. JT is in there. So, you know, it's just nice to have a team that you can continue to trot out, hopefully be competitive, and, you know, yeah, it's just yeah, a, I mean, it's a nice feeling. We didn't even talk about Reese Hoskins officially basically being done when they gave Bryce Harper the starting first base job moving forward. but Reese and Nola were the two longest tenured guys. I like Nola a lot more than Reese. So if you're going to keep one, lose one, I'm cool with this deal. I still don't know if Harper can, he doesn't seem like he plays that good at first and he played really good outfield, but I guess with his arm injuries and stuff, I I get it. He just needs to not get hurt catching balls at first. Yeah. But, But to me, it's like, okay, like, they just dumped Reese Hoskins to the curb, but it was a little bit different situation because of the injury and everything right before a big signing. He never really proved himself. Nola bet on himself. And the Phillies, you know, are like, okay, we're going to reward you with a seven-year deal. And, I, yeah, I don't know how um, all of the work. It's crazy, like, 13, 10, and seven-year deals, like you would think, oh, they have no more money to spend, but they're just – they're in a really good rotation now. And I mean, Sam talked about just the whole flow of the organization through the minors up through the majors and how that guys can come up and down and they can just do these little deals around the deadline to pick up the pieces they need. And I think signing Nola to seven years doesn't hurt them at all in this factor. I think it puts them at, I think it's at 252 million, which is like 5 million below the threshold. So you know, it depends on what they want to do. If there's another place they want to cut something or, you know, I would think they want to look for some bullpen help or unless they're going to have Alvarado as like the closer with Kimbrel, assuming he's gone. But yeah. I mean, I honestly, I think it's a great deal. I know it's seven years. Hell yeah, Ben. <laughs> you know, how I feel about the Phillies, but I think it's a, I mean, Nola has shown no signs of not being durable. He's, He's kind of a he's a workhorse pitcher who's you know you guys have won with a one a really good one two punch in the National League and he's you know to have a guy who's been with the organization that long and then to keep him there for you know essentially his whole career even if he you know does go somewhere else at the end of that I think it's a good deal I mean it's you know it's a little longer than maybe you would like but even if he's five years of the same durable Nola and then two years of like whatever, like you take that all day. You could have way worse situations. Like the nationals trying to get like the same deal essentially with like Patrick Corbin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's so easy to trash on deals because in it's like, it's like draft picks. It's a I was gamble. salty when I heard it because I think it's a good deal. 
Yeah, I, I like I'm hyped because a lot of it's easier to get mad at deals. It's easier to get mad at draft picks because there's a lot more room to, you know, for error and stuff. But yeah. And I mean, I guess realistically, too, what was Wheeler's five for 150 or something? Yeah, we can uh, check that out real quick. Wheeler's so, on what? How many years has Wheeler played, Chase? Two? With the four, three, I think. Oh, oh, three. Four. Yeah. This is his last year upcoming oh wow i didn't even realize he's on the team for four years five year 118 great deal oh yeah oh my god yeah five years 118 i would do that deal any day of the week you know who didn't make that deal the mets mets (laughs) looking at that 2015 team it was like at the time who are we gonna keep how are we gonna afford all these pitchers didn't keep any of them (laughs) none of them yeah, they yeah. had the opposite problem. You had starter depth, and you chose to be like the Jets and just not have starter depth. I mean, it wasn't all the Mets. You had the the Grom stayed up until this past year. Syndergaard, yeah. you know, wasn't the same. Harvey's not the same. Mats wasn't really the same. Yes. <laughs> you didn't have like star closer Jairus Familia that was the same. Oh, is that the oh, guy that got suspended? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> he was with the Phillies. You remember him? He oh, was... yeah. Who's the guy that got suspended? We're not Henry even talking about oh, no, no. He's not mentioned on the podcast. It's Henry Mejia. It's Henry Mejia. <laughs> <laughs> and then who's the dude that wore the hat that was like a, the Super Mario hat? Oh, um, Alex Torres. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. He wore a hard helmet hat for pitchers yeah. that was obnoxiously big. Yeah, that was a trend that died with him. <laughs> died real quick. Oh, yeah. It might but, have started and died with just that one guy. And even died with J.A. Happ, who got pelted in the head twice. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's a good deal, especially now that we just compared both things. Uh, yeah. You know, two of the your two starters deals, it's not bad. And also, like we were saying, Nola does pitch a lot of innings. He's kind of an old school pitcher, which I like because especially the game today isn't really about getting a lot of inning work. But I think in the end, he's a pitcher that saves your bullpen. He gets you ready for the postseason and he can do it. Plus, also, he could, you know, I don't consider this. You just think he's going to be a starter forever. But there's always guys who later in their year transition to like a middle relief position and can do stuff. I mean, Nola. It's pretty deadly in just a one inning or two inning scenario. I mean, there's so many times where he locks down the first six hitters, no problem. He's in and out. So, I mean, if he always can keep his stuff and he's not really like doesn't he's doesn't live and die with velocity. He's more just his movement and then works as secondary pitches. So he could yeah. always just transition and just to being a you know, even if he's a Joe Blanton guy, just six innings, you know what you're getting, nothing past that, nothing short of that. I was I was going to say, like, even, like, years six and seven, like a Jamie Moyer type player. Yeah, like, if he gets four innings, if he does what Christopher, Christopher Sanchez does now, I'd live with that. But the next couple of years, I mean, between him, Wheeler, Walker, who's only pitched one of a four-year deal, mm-hmm. right? Wheeler's just next yeah. year, though. You know, yeah, I know, but... Like next, that's what I mean. Next year, him, Wheeler, Walker, hopefully you can get them pitching at least six innings a game where you only have to rely on three pitchers. And then if they get seven or eight innings and you want to do a little closer by committee, then guys get to rest. So, yeah. But the window's now. The window is next year. I mean, it's nice they got a seven year deal, but they have to make moves for next season. Yeah. 
And I mean, Wheeler, you know, I think what's he going to be, uh, 33, 34 at the end of this, uh, upcoming year. So I don't know what type of contract he's going to want or get. Yeah. He's 33 now. So by the end of the year, he'll be 34 pushing 35. So you could always, who knows, maybe you guys resign him for a two year, $40 million contract. Oh, if yeah. he's still doing if he, his if thing. He wants, yeah. If he wants to help yeah. us win and, yeah, but just and real quick, just um, you know, just a couple other baseball notes here in the offseason. Um, we had the Hall of Fame ballot released. A um, couple newcomers, David Wright and Chase Utley, oh, 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 oh. on the on the ballot, including uh, Jose Reyes too and Bartolo Colon. But um, Utley has a shot, definitely not on the first go around, but. He, Does Bartolo Colon have a no, shot? No, he's going to be off the bat. Okay, he's got a, well, he's got like two PED suspensions, I think. Right? <laughs> Doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, David Wright, if he just had like three more years of prime, would be a legit contender. But he didn't have enough time. Who's uh, uh who's possibly getting dumped off the ballot this year? Who's in their last year? Gary Chef Gary Sheffield, it. um, is probably done. And uh, Billy Wagner is nine, so if he doesn't get it done. Billy Wagner is one more after this. I think Billy Wagner is not going to get in this year, and I think he's going to get in in his final year based on the way the numbers look. I think this year is probably going to be Todd Helen and Adrian Beltre. Are they going to be the two that get in? I think Beltre is probably a no-brainer Hall of Fame first ballot. Yeah. Helen, I think, is trending in that direction. Was Matt Holiday a shortstop? No. I was way off. His son's a shortstop. Yeah, Jackson. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I think those are two. And then other other news, uh, Yamamoto, that Japanese pitcher, got posted or is getting posted this week. I know the Mets are in on that, so we'll see. Then a couple other just quick signings. Um, Brave sign Ronaldo Lopez, three-year, $30 million deal. Uh, another bullpen help. Saw the Cardinals sign Lance Lynn back, back in St. Louis for him. So... So some stuff happening, free agency thing. Well, we'll we'll talk more as more signings come through. Um, see where some of these guys go. Yeah, I know Tani's a big one. Feels like he's gonna stay out west somewhere. Maybe Giants, Dodgers. Giants have been in like all those big, all the big contracts, like Harper. They were in on him. It seems like they've just missed out. Perea, Judge. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, I forgot about Judge too. So yeah, they've missed out on a few, and I could see them forking over a boatload of money. I mean, left left handed Shohei just raking into a McCovey's Cove be a fun sight. Oh yeah, I'd be down for that. Still wouldn't be winning in the NL West with the Giants. <laughs> no. Yeah, so I mean, some great talk there. NFL uh, talking some some MLB, and I think we're gonna quickly wrap this one up uh, unless anyone else has anything to to touch on. Oh yeah, just one quick point. Uh, Tobias Harris over the weekend dropped twenty nine points in a seventy sixers win. Still don't care about the NBA in-season tournament, but the Sixers are 10 and 3, second place in the Eastern Conference. And Toby is back, baby. So glad he stayed and appreciating his time on the court. Agreed. I like it. I like it. Shout out to Kevin Knox, too, starting for the Pistons, getting about 25, 30 minutes a game. Love to see it. So we appreciate everyone for listening. Uh check back in throughout the week on socials we are going to be posting some stuff and we are going to be live next week so get hyped for it we're gonna have giveaways we have some fun content and we're excited oh yeah tell your friends and your mom there was see everyone